Welcome everyone to another episode of Prelude to Positivity. My name is Tommy Jarasi. Today, my guest is Travis Taylor. He is an intuitive channel, a Reiki master, a spiritual life coach, and an author. And today he is my guest. I'm very honored. Hi, Travis. How are you? Hi, Tommy. Thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, I was just in a conversation around the language that we use in who we are and what we do. And it's been fascinating over the past many years since I've been doing healing work that I've struggled in identifying myself by a particular modality that I use, you know, my intuitive yes, am I psychic? Yes. Am I a medium? Yes. Am I empathic? Yes. It's really, <laughs> really about all of us kind of understanding how divinity works through us. And so, yes, those, those words apply and I'm excited to use them, but, you know, I don't want to hold anyone to any sort of projected understanding about what that means. You know, I'm here to serve. Of course. And I guess the spirit moves you to where it moves you each day, right? Yeah. I mean, I think with many people, there are so many responsibilities, obligations, notifications, and, and sort of life third dimensional collective conscious stuff that pulls us away from our soul. And it's important that we create times to uh, one develop, but also maintain that spiritual nature that we have and who's available to help us. So yes, I do that as often as I can and also remember to. I have my own experiences with, with trauma and, and a little bit of um, you know, ADHD. So I've managed those things to best uh, that I can. And you know, yeah, I, uh, I'm spiritually minded as much as I can be. And can you tell us a little bit about how you came into doing what you do? And was it something you embraced from the beginning or was it something that you had to get past some resistance to? Yeah, so I guess the interesting thing about me and my personality is I'm a jump first empiricist. So if something found, sounds fun and exciting, I will do it and learn as I go in, in, in some ways. So I wouldn't have considered myself a consciously intuitive person, you know, growing up or, you know, through my childhood. And uh, it wasn't until it was later in life when I recognized that I had some sort of latent spiritual gifts, and I would call it a perfect way in which it showed up in my life in the way that it did. And, uh, you know, I'm also a trained lawyer. I did most of my career in, uh, in civil rights and uh, HR for the city of Seattle. And for a while, I did a foot in both worlds. So in, in, uh, when I was 33 was the first time I was called to go to a Reiki class. And I'd gone to a workshop with this, a workshop with this woman, but I would say that was the first time I really intuitively felt drawn to her, that I needed to learn from her and, and, and that she would be helpful for me. And it was during a Reiki class that I had my first clairvoyant experience when I realized that I could actually perceive uh, information at my own request, meaning I asked what was available for me to know about this person I was working on, and my hands were on his shoulders, and I saw his pancreas in my mind, even though, you know, as a lawyer, I never had anatomy, so I was like, what, and I literally asked a thought, what is this red blob I'm seeing, and the word pancreas came to my mind in block letters with an exclamation point, so I realized many things in that moment. One, I can ask with a thought and receive in, in my mind information from source mm. based on my desire to get information that would help people and that it came easily for me. And so over time and with other clients and continuing to do Reiki, I realized there were other aspects of our soul that were presenting in people's lives in ways that were impacting them. Uh, I call them past life echoes. If there's a past life trauma that's affecting folks and um, uh, sometimes a, a spirit will show up, maybe a loved one uh, from the other side or a spirit guide. I've even had animals show up and that was surprising to me. Wow. I was like, this is weird. Well, also it's funny you ask about, did I reject it? So when I first did Reiki, it's absolutely not. In fact, the very next day I got my reverendship, I set up a business and I started to work with clients because I'm an empiricist. So that means I learn by experiencing and doing and I knew that I wanted to learn and do it more as much as possible. I have that kind of energy around me. And so uh, I just started to grab friends from softball and volleyball on my table and ultimately <laughs> was asked, hey, Trav, I don't know that thing you do, that really woo-woo weird thing, but my elbow hurts. Can you work on my elbow? So I would put my hands there and he would feel better. 
you know, so um, I, I sometimes when it comes to information that comes for me, like many people can struggle with uh, understanding and identifying ways in which I need my own messages in my life, uh, because that's what we all are here to do, experience the things uh, that we need to grow. And so um, like with that uh, first animal that I saw, at first I would reject the information because it seemed unusual and weird and that the client would get up and walk away and I never <laughs> see them again. Uh, but ultimately what I recognized, one, I can be a little bit stubborn and I might need it to be a little bit louder and that's okay. But when I do open up and I accept and I express that, um, it's always magical and perfect for the person that I'm working with, either in that moment or something that might come up in their life that they really needed to hear. And so my job is really to be neutral with anything that comes up, be open-minded because the universe speaks in metaphors and symbols and, and not just with language. So that's about it for that, that uh, question about that, that I can think cool. of. And we just had Valentine's Day and I noticed that you had in your bio that I was reading that um, about relationship karma and yeah. how we can let go of the past to make our lives better. So yeah, what would you tell people who like that Valentine's Day just passed and so many people hold on to, especially at this time of year, a relationship that didn't work out or one that they would have liked to have, but it like the shit mm -hmm. just passed and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get past that? And what is relationship karma exactly? Yeah. So thank you. I love this. I love this topic and I, I don't ever get tired of teaching it, even <laughs> though sometimes I project, are my clients tired of seeing it? But, <laughs> but um, so, uh, so this both comes from uh, mostly my experience working with clients, both in their physical bodies, which, you know, relationships reside mostly in the sacral chakra. And so when I'm working on someone's sacral chakra, I, I start feeling their experiences of how their relationships are in their life right now. And how at the soul level, some of those relationship patterns can show up because of beliefs that have been set in stone by the consciousness uh, of a powerful, traumatic, or uh, uh, whatever you know, type of relationship that might affect us now. So uh, the way that I think about relationships is we're eternal beings. So in this life, we have a lifespan of when we're born and when we die. We choose experiences that allow us to learn and grow as a soul. We choose experiences, not always, that are joyful and fun um, and easy because we don't necessarily learn and grow from ease. We learn and grow from, from uh, discomfort and finding our learning edge and mm. pushing ourselves. So, uh, you know, if we all had wonderful and amazing relationships all of our lives, that's amazing. Maybe the lesson <laughs> we chose to learn was something else. You know, maybe we needed to have 15 children to learn compassion. Um, and so uh, at the soul level, I basically created this workshop to talk about, you know, karma and relationships. So the relationships will show up however they do to, to allow us to learn. The karma aspect of it is related to our, uh, our beliefs that aren't actually true about karma. And, uh -huh. you know, uh, karma isn't this, you know, people use the term, you know, karma is a bitch or, you know, <laughs> oh, karma is this, like, like, is karma really this like metaphysical woman running around punishing everybody for right. bad things they do in a day? <laughs> I'm like, it sounds yeah. evil usually. <laughs> well, right, right. And I'm like, language is so important. And if people actually realized what they were projecting with that statement is I want you to be harmed because I don't like what you did. And what I like to think about is that's none of my business. People's karma is their karma. But how our relationships form and, and continue in our lives is, you know, my karma is about how I act and the effects of my actions. So that's really what karma is. If you define it, it's really just, you know, a term that says cause and effect. What mm -hmm. I do affects others. And it's me who might believe I deserve punishment for something. And so I will go hurt myself if I do something that I perceive to be bad, or I might feel really guilty and shame about an experience. And so maybe I owe somebody a, a big apology for it. And am I holding on to that apology because I think they're gonna hate me uh, And the reality is sometimes we do. So 
it's really a complex topic. And what I do in these, in these workshops is really you know, create the space where people can open up to the vulnerabilities around relationships or the shame that they really have about themselves uh, because they don't attract a partner that loves them unconditionally because they don't love themselves unconditionally. Mm. So it's, it, it's in part just this conversation around uh, the soul's lifeless uh, continuation uh, after death and before we were in this life as kind of this like strand of, um, I think of it like um, in, when we're experiencing every moment, we have a vibrational frequency. And so we have this timeline, as I was mentioning earlier, of when we were born and when we die. And when we're in the moment of the experience of what we're doing, we don't necessarily have a higher awareness of how it's affecting us or, or how we can improve it or whatever um, until later, right? We get great past vision, but not necessarily <laughs> in the middle. And so what I like to say is there's actually a higher order to the experiences that we have at the soul level. So if we, if we take ourselves into our higher selves and into the collective consciousness, we're able to sit back, not only looking at this life, but looking at the tapestry of all of our lives before and what this really beautiful mosaic of our experiences is allowing us to learn so that we can grow and expand as a soul. So I hope that's helpful uh, about that, but I can certainly you know, follow up with anything else. Um, and how about patterns and that we develop in our lives? Are those, are those patterns actually not only uh, limited to this life, but do patterns follow over from other lives into this life? Yeah, they sure do. I, I'm glad you asked. So how patterns start existing is that we have an experience that then we react to and create a belief system about. And our um, experiences, particularly in childhood, will create beliefs that, the, that once we form a belief, it becomes an energetic frequency at the subconscious level that attracts that belief. And then when we believe something, our experience confirms it. Mm. Oh, see, I got rejected again because I'm not worthy or, or whatever that might be. So yes, they can be formed uh, when we're born, even by the birthing process as it relates <laughs> to our relationship with our mother. Yeah. You know, and uh, however, I do find that a lot of times when I'm working on somebody, I, I'm working on their whatever part of their body and all of a sudden I see a past life trauma or a past life effect that is um, affecting their ability perhaps to trust others to access their intuition. So when I, and also I see that a lot of people tend to incarnate in groups of, mm. of uh, you know, other people that they've really liked in their, in their <laughs> lifetimes, <laughs> our tribe, right? And so it's like, God, I love you so much. Can you be my brother next life? Or can you, can you be my mom? I wanna, I wanna learn how to let you love me in, the, in that way too. Or, or maybe I wasn't a person that, um, did good things. Maybe I did, you know, decide to murder somebody or, or, or something. So maybe this time I need to be somebody who has that happen to me so that I can experience what that really was like. You know, the earth realm is, is a fascinating school. Uh, and it's because we have a physical body and we have emotions and we can eat food and play <laughs> and have sex and all this like amazing fun stuff that the other side, they don't get to do. They're, in, they're not physical. So they're energetic. And so uh, the uh, patterns that can develop uh, with other people are based on you know, sometimes an agreement the, that we might have um, to uh, align with, with something that we may have done with them or, or uh, maybe we, like I said before, harmed them and now we want to uh, you know, atone for that. It's not a punishment situation, but it's like it's a soul contract. So like literally I'll see when I'm working with somebody, um, you know, a, a, a script of a contract that's signed energetically that says, oh, you have a contract about, with this person about this thing. So recognize that that's what it is and allow it to be just that. And so the, you mentioned energies, but on the other side, it's just energy. Now here we're physical and energetic, right? So we yeah. do carry energy and we get the bonus of having the physical and sometimes the energy right. gets in the way of the physical if we don't understand exactly how this energy works or why. Right, 
Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting because there's one chakra in the body that, that is literally both in the physical and the, the, uh, and the metaphysical, and that's the heart. So the first, second, third chakras in the human energy system are, you know, in the physical realm. And then the, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh are, you know, mostly spiritual. So the ones that affect our bodies the most are, um, <clears throat> you know, the first four, but we can, you know, that, uh, the human energy system is a whole other topic, but yeah, definitely uh, that we can have those, those uh, effects. And, you know, we have the capacity right now. And in fact, in a lot of ways, I think that's why COVID came up was because we needed a collective pause on every which way we were going the wrong direction as a community, as, as a spiritual, uh, you know, collective. And think about how powerful that is that all of humanity decided right now have this global experience almost at the same time and through technology we were experienced right we knew what was happening and so you know by no accident i think that came through and you know there were a lot of tragic uh you know deaths and i think that's an opportunity for folks to like say yeah time to time to leave i'm ready to go it's okay um and you know that can be controversial because it's very traumatic yeah, for the family to lose yeah to lose a loved one and, the, and, and how painful was it that they couldn't see them and, you know, and then it's still happening today. But I think my point is um, we all wanted to prioritize what we want to do with our lives, who we are, who we want to be with, and we had to be very conscious of it. So it relates to relationships. It's like, I'm done with the relationships that don't nourish me. Mm. I'm done with all that, right? It's like, I will spend my valuable, incredible time left only with those uh, relationships that nourish my soul and that I'm creative and passionate about. Like that's, that's so important when it comes to our, our um, relationship building. Yeah. I've been saying that pe those people that chose to leave at this point are also a reminder to us to choose to live because you can be here and not be living. You're just here. And being alive doesn't yeah. mean that you're living. Yeah. And you know, um, there are so many people so much more than, you know, a year ago or a little over a year ago who, you know, are contemplating suicide, have, you know, activated, uh, you know, addictions and depression and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I was talking with a friend of mine who has had suicidal thoughts regularly. And um, in the context, just a couple of weeks ago, I had another friend of mine who uh, just turned 30 and was tragically killed in a car accident, hit by a drunk driver just, you know, three weeks ago. And, you know, she had every desire to live in her life. And yet my other friend is like, wow, that really puts it into perspective, you know, um, for me. Yeah. Because I really, I don't want to be here and here I am. And then, you know, resenting life when this other person gets killed, uh, you know, who didn't. And so I want to, work on that in my life, right? So we, we don't always understand the, the, the messages of the death when it happens, but it does become clear over time, especially with the spirits that I talk to on the other side. Yeah, and uh, I, know, I saw that you do workshops too. So what, is, what do you exactly teach in the workshops and how can someone find out about the workshop to sign up with you? Yeah, so I have a website, divineinsight.com and I put together some of my uh, sort of ongoing workshops there uh, I have, um, and I, I will be developing an, uh, another workshop soon, a series of workshops, like an intuition development mm. uh, workshop. But right now I have the Relationship Karma, which is up on uh, January, no, 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 February 25th, I believe it is. Um, I think sometimes when we're in the moment of, you know, I wouldn't have this on Valentine's Day, it'd be a terrible thing. Oh, but no, I no. think, you know... <laughs> What, what experiences we had on Valentine's Day may very well inform our desires yeah. in a couple of weeks about what relationships we want to maintain or not. But I have that, that workshop. Um, I do teach Reiki and uh, I will be putting up at least one monthly Reiki a distance um, attunement process where I will be teaching uh, level one, two, and three. So uh, very briefly, Reiki is basically an activation of our own innate abilities uh, of healing. So, you know, it basically amplifies our frequency to heal ourselves and others at a deeper level. Uh, so the first is physical, the second is uh, mental and emotional, 
and then the third is the master level symbol. So I teach these uh, monthly and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. So as much as I can get out there right now, it's still a time when the virtual environment is where we do most of our work. So yeah. uh, I also do intuition um, uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis with mentoring and life coaching. So if somebody is just interested in getting a, getting a, an assessment or kind of uh, identifying uh, what might be going on in their energy system, I decided to create a free 15-minute energy assessment where folks can just kind of make, make an appointment and then uh, I basically kind of give them a reading and potentially healing, just whatever's coming up in their system, <clears throat> excuse me, then they can decide where to go from there. Mm -hmm. But I also do uh, intuition um, sessions and healing sessions. So they're all on my website. I also host the podcast, uh, The Divine Insight Show, which I've done for about six years. And that's on my show page on divineinsight.com and Instagram. Actually, I do a lot of postings on Instagram. I do Instagram lives and some card readings and intuitive readings at a distance. And yeah, that's kind of it for now. Cool. And uh, so you, you use social media, you said Instagram and all that, but how is it that, do you find the pandemic made you go to social media more now or is it that you always were on social media the same as you were? Has it ignited something in your social media? Yeah, I mean, definitely people are more, uh, we're, we're, you know, safe at home. So social media is kind of where, where it's at. So yeah, I have done, I've started to do more. I was doing a, um, initially, like right after COVID hit, I was doing a Wednesday wisdom webinar. So for mm. several months, I did that. It was a free free sessions for folks because I know people are struggling financially and so I've actually adjusted my 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 price points down and separated services so I can help people navigate a little bit better because I know it's it's a tough time but yeah I have definitely seen an increase uh, I love doing live workshops in person and uh, I think a lot of people ask well is there is there a difference can you actually can you actually feel <laughs> a healing any better or you know the same if you're 5,000 miles away or in the same room. And I will tell you, I'm a skeptic. So at first I was thinking, how could that possibly work? How could I attune a, a someone to Reiki in, in you know, another country? And, and it turns out, you know, I was asking my guides, okay, I'm, I'm gonna trust you, but is this something that I should be doing? Is there integrity in this? Cause that's important to me. And so, um, and I was told, yes, just do this, 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 and this add it to your process and it'll work. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to do more, you know, virtual, more virtual rooms and, and um, see what happens when things finally open up. I did want to mention that I kind of didn't before that I didn't even tell you about, I don't think I told you about is I wrote a book oh, no. <laughs> back well, and as, a, as a collaboration with other authors um, uh, talking about the last breath true stories of mediumship, um, you know, and messages of the afterlife from heaven. And what's unique about this, it's, it's a compilation book, which was basically like 48 or 45 mediums from all over the world got together and shared stories from their experiences of mediumship um, in their work and in their lives. So uh, that can be uh, found at the Last Breath book um, on Amazon. I'm still, have, I haven't put it on my website uh, yet, but uh, it will be there soon. And uh, it's a very uh, healing for folks right now, you know, dealing with yeah. a lot of death and people, uh, you know, who have certain beliefs around what happens at death, uh, because we really don't die. And even though that doesn't help the ego and the, and the personality from feeling any better when my mom just died, but to, but to be able to understand that you can ask uh, your mom to sh give you signs in your day that they're that she's still alive and knowing that she can and will is very empowering for folks and it's also reassuring about um, that they're not they're not really gone they've just shifted into their uh, other the other side which is you know the fifth dimension it's only three feet away from us they're around <laughs> all the time and it's a dimension of love yeah, that's a hard thing for people to grasp. Is I think even people don't grasp the idea of having dreams about people and that it really is a visit. Mm -hmm. They think it's this, um, it's almost like theater when they're, so it's made up, but it's not. Right. Made up. It's, sometimes it is a message or it is just 
a visit. It's just somebody reassuring you about something. It doesn't have to have a whole bunch of meaning to it. Right. And uh, the other couple of things I didn't mention, uh, I was also called uh, last month to um, create a 2021 uh, soul goal alignment um, session, which is basically a combination of intuitive reading, coaching, and healing for an hour and a half. So that's available on my website as well if you go to the sessions page. And then I do one-on-one -on -one mentoring and I offer a mentoring package at a, a, a discount if folks think, hey, I really think I might benefit from having like five really kind of deep dive intuitive sessions with Travis. And for me, I always say, I'm not here to tell you that I'm the person for you. It's really that you, it, if you're open to the question of, 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 of learning about your spirituality and, you know, and, and need help, uh, find a person that you resonate with that, yeah. you know, that that's how your intuition works anyway. It's like, oh, wow, I really feel like this person is someone that uh, I'd like to work with and then, and then find them. It's like working with a physical trainer. If you don't get, if you're not in tune with the person's way of doing things, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to that because I have not in my life been much of a workout person. Um, I've pretty much hated it. It was, <laughs> it was a, and, and I just, you know, I didn't like the feeling of being in there. I thought it was dumb. Like, why are we doing all this stuff? It's not, you know, functional to me. And, uh, but when I had neck surgery a couple of years ago, I had to realize that I needed to fix the body mechanics that created yeah. the situation in the first place. And as a climber, you know, doing bad body mechanics, you know, creates a lot of tension. But when I went to the gym, it's funny you say that you got to resonate. I didn't realize that I kind of resonated with kind of like the bro-y type dude, <laughs> which was like, that's so funny. Cause I spent 12 years in HR at the fire department working with the firefighters and, and that personality of, of that it was just kind of like uh, I resonated with and it worked, it worked well for me. And so, yeah, and it, it's really about, I think recognizing fear, whatever you're afraid of is, mm -hmm. is really the sign to move forward into it, right? So make fear your friend, uh, things that you know, you're afraid of generally aren't gonna kill you, um, <clears throat> but can keep you from living your best life and, and, and and growing in the way that you really want to. Definitely. And a lot of people are so afraid that they don't live that. And then at the end, they have all those regrets. So I'd rather not have any regrets, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, people also feel so much vulnerability around the things in their life that they have shame about mm -hmm. that, you know, I consider vulnerability to be um, our superpower. Yeah. And so that's why in a lot of ways, when I do this work, I actually share those, the, the shadow that I've experienced in my life uh, because it, it gives people freedom to really be who they are and say, oh, they, we're not so different you know, yeah. as, as each other. We're all here uh, to live our synchronicities through like us on this conversation or throughout our day. Maybe my, my guide was the checker at QVC or KV, uh, CVS mm -hmm. because we had that moment of, of laughter that yeah, I really yeah. needed in my day or that person in the park that was like, yeah, you're a, you're a squirrel feeder too. So <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things in COVID has been to go across the street and feed the squirrels. Um, and I wouldn't have done that much before COVID hit. I was too, <laughs> too busy trying to create more work for myself. Yeah. The pause were helpful in a lot of different ways to have that like little pause, but I think we also opened up the spirituality part because i think a lot of us kept the spirituality part on pause so that we could live these crazy busy lives that we had yeah yeah and you know people i didn't personally i didn't consider myself spiritual i thought i was an atheist for some time because i related a lot to my uncle who didn't didn't believe in god and said, well i like him he's smart he must know he must know more than me i don't believe in god or for a while i thought i was a baptist because i was baptized but then I later asked my mom, she's like, you're Methodist, Travis, you're not Baptist. <laughs> Am I like, so this is interesting because it brings up another topic about soul contracts is that, um, you know, when it comes to religion and spirituality, I believe that religion is when you take on someone else's beliefs around your path to God or how you find God. Yeah. And many people do find benefit from choosing to go through an organized religion in order to access God. However, 
that's very, in my opinion, it's very limiting. And in fact, several times in this life, when I'm doing a healing on someone, I have to go back to renegotiate the contract they had with God of man in a past life and say, I relinquish that control of the patriarchal way in which it was, you know, killing women and no giving no power to women um, and limiting access to people's true relationship with God as a way to keep them imprisoned from being free. And it's part of those systems that we have in place to do that. But now we're done. You know, we're done with those systems. Yeah. Uh, spirituality yeah. is my unique fingerprint to God and I have my own. And so I don't tell people what to believe. I tell them how to believe what they already know and what they truly are in themselves, which is such a gift. And it's such an honor to be present with folks. And people sometimes like to like put me on a pedestal of being this, you know, great, whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I am. I, we, I learn with you from you uh, because I'm just a mirror and a flashlight. You know, I am showing you what you already know deep down uh, of how to be free in your life and what you truly want. I'm just helping you, you know, uh, facilitate that process. So that's really, you know, going back to earlier when I was saying, what is it that I do? Um, <clears throat> am I intuitive, right? Medium, I'm a channel. I'm like, I'm just love. Like if my true nature is to be able to love someone with whatever they're experiencing in their life. And if I can do so neutrally, um, then I'm better at it, right? Loving someone unconditionally is really where it's at right now. Well, yeah. it always has been, but. For sure. So out of all the things that you do, which, what are you most passionate about? Anytime, it's really, I don't have a, I don't have a hierarchy with mm -hmm. it because one, I think it is all so much fun and I love every opportunity that I have to be with another being. So um, I do love the healing work because I find it very powerful, particularly for people who are questioning their intuition or maybe they uh, believe they're intuitive, but then they second guess it immediately or they, they get into their brain. So I, I teach a lot of, uh, do a lot of uh, individual work around how to access your own intuition in a language that works for you. And I, I find that to be really fascinating because, you know, I get very specific information immediately and it's, it, I, you know, it's so crazy because I will be able to tell if someone's clairvoyant or empathic or, you know, uh, <clears throat> however they communicate. And then the guides will tell me exactly how they need to communicate. And then I'm like, okay, go do this. And, uh, and so that's why I don't get a lot of ongoing clients because some folks don't need it. You know, some yeah. folks just need one little uh, decording of some attachment to an old relationship that doesn't work for them. Uh, and that's actually a part I didn't mention of the relationship karma. Uh, we do a guided meditation on releasing toxic cords of any relationship pattern that is still stuck in their system, holding them back from freedom, which oh, wow. um, is something that spirit showed me how to do uh, many, many years ago. And that's also why I continue to teach that class because a lot of times if they're super old patterns, um, a visualization exercise is only temporary because we're still vibrating at the pattern of of, of, of um, desperation mm -hmm. or, or not self-love. So it's a part of the puzzle, but a very important one. Interesting. I've always had um, intuition, but it was a guilty intuition. So I would kind of deny it sometimes because when I see something not right about somebody or I feel like the energy is off or not for me, I, was, I get the second guess part where it goes, ah, you're just being judgy. So maybe you should give the person a chance. And then it would be, I give the person the chance and I was right in the first place and I should have just said adios. Yeah. So that I've learned how to get past that part because yeah. I can't continue to be guilty about something if I'm seeing it that clearly, if, then there really is no guilt yeah. involved. Yeah, so part of that, um, and I won't do a reading of you, but part of that uh, <laughs> right now, unless you want me to, but I'm just saying, so part of that is, is um, yeah, realizing that the relationship you created in order to serve you and that by letting them go, you're serving you and them too. You're actually helping them with love. It is actually with love. And so the guilt, you know, is, is a self-criticism over a projected harm that doesn't exist because you haven't done it yet. So what would you call this chapter of your life? If you had, if you're writing a book about your life, 
Oh and, goodness. Well, I am writing a book about my life <laughs> and this chapter I don't, I haven't written yet. So, um, so I'm not sure, but uh, certainly, um, what's been most prevalent in my life is that most of the work that I've done so far with clients has been in the physical, emotional, mental, and the spiritual. 2021 is going cosmic. So I'm actually connecting with <laughs> extraterrestrial beings that are here to help me and you know, unseen friends and spirits that I worked with thousands of years ago in Egypt are coming through. Uh, Osi God Osiris is coming through sharing information with me. So we're actually uh, as a community uh, uh, expanding our consciousness to really, really become who we really are, which is way beyond the third dimensional realm. We can be both and, and we are. So that'd be the chapter. Let's go cosmic. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, what's the most fulfilling part about what you do? You know, the most fulfilling part is um, having the opportunity to be present in, in a healing space from a place of unconditional love and having the opportunity to love somebody unconditionally is the best. So I'm getting a little bit emotional because of how powerful it is. Uh -huh. You know, that, that's such a gift. It's such an amazing thing to be able to do. Especially if they haven't felt ever felt that before because some people really don't yeah. know what unconditional means and so right. it can change their life going forward in such big ways to finally understand that they've had that but didn't notice didn't realize they had it or they didn't recognize yeah. it and think yeah that definitely is yeah. powerful coming back to what i was sharing earlier i actually had a good friend of mine that was a neighbor that would that he literally said i'm never getting a session with you ever like you scared the <laughs> shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll say a couple of things to that. One, I don't do spiritual gossip. I will never read somebody without their permission. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any integrity with that. Um, and recognizing that we judge ourselves so much more than how we, you know, truly deserve judgment because we don't. And so when I work with people about self-love, I'm like, what would you tell your best friend about what you're experiencing what now? And why would you tell a best friend that statement that you wouldn't tell yourself? Don't you deserve compassion and forgiveness? You know, forgiveness is incomplete if you don't include yourself in the process. And then you can truly let go. I mean, Oprah just posted this two days ago. <laughs> so we're, we've been on the same page. <laughs> With all the challenges that happened last year for people and I'm sure for you, there were some challenges throughout that year as well. How did oh, yeah. you stay positive, even with the challenges, even with the negativity, even with the, the doubts that were coming up and all? How do you remain positive? Yeah, yeah. So one, several things with that, and that's such a great question, is noticing if I'm ruminating about a fear that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Am I actually, do I actually experience symptoms of COVID right now? No, Okay. So someone else is, I'm not, how do I protect, you know, doing the third dimensional work, you know, being responsible, wearing a mask, all that stuff. Um, but also recognizing when you're taking on other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing Two, a lot more resources have come up for people that didn't exist before small businesses. Um, people are able to spend more time with their families. But you know, staying positive is really about recognizing that these are these experiences are happening for us, and that that if I trust, you know, like for me, resources started coming in from areas I didn't even realize I had. I'll give you an example. When I created the the uh, intuitive you know assessment, my linear brain was like, how am I going to make more money when I charge less and, you know, yeah. and offer free services. And um, <clears throat> coming back to, you know, karma, it's like, hey, you know, give everything you can because you will learn to receive. And so I had people donating money to me for my, for my work who didn't even get a session because they were like, I love what you do. I want to support uh, that for people who remained employed or, or whatever. So, you know, maintaining positivity is realizing that you know, you have resources available to you that you might not even believe 
exist because you're stuck in your linear brain about how you think you're going to earn money. And this collective pause that we have was about how do I explore my creative nature? Mm -hmm. I didn't like that job anyway. Right. I really I should be do. I really want to do this. And so there are resources available to help you develop that. And, and so it's been pretty remarkable. I think I, you know, I do miss going to the movie theater and having popcorn. Yeah. Like that's, I do remember that like fondly and uh, hugs, you know, uh, but I <laughs> will tell, <laughs> I will tell you one thing. It's an energetic technique that works really, really well at times when, when people are feeling really, really, you know, depressed or perhaps anxious anxiety. Um, and it's just giving yourself it's just basically holding yourself for people who are watching, just taking a deep breath in, releasing it and just sitting with yourself and just doing this, you'll start to feel better. I mean, I feel even better than I did you know, 10 seconds ago because yeah. you're nourishing your self-love. The more you do that, you're gonna bring love to you, which is one of the things I talk about in, that, in my soul contract relationship is, one of the most important relationships you want to foster is that with the, with, your, with yourself mm. because you attract what you believe to to you and if you just let go of that same boyfriend or girlfriend without working on your self-love you're going to attract the same boyfriend or girlfriend to you again and wonder why yeah it just repeated itself yeah just remind everybody where they can find you online if they want to what's the yeah. best way the best way is instagram yeah, Instagram, I usually post more like I have people sign up for email lists, which I actually hate to receive, which is my own work. So I don't <laughs> send out very many, uh, but I do have an email list. I do send emails out, but I, I encourage folks to mainly uh, you know check in with my Instagram because I do Instagram lives mm -hmm. uh, Tuesdays at 530. So um, I try to maintain a regular schedule of that. And I post events and, and do some things on Instagram mostly. And what's your handle there? Is it just your name? Oh, at underscore Travis Taylor. Okay. And then you can go to divineinsight.com. Excuse me. And all my stuff is there, my podcast. And uh, I have a YouTube show. I'm not sure if I want to continue the YouTube part. We'll see how that feels. But um, definitely you can go to the podcast page. I have some amazing guests that I've interviewed over the years. Amazing. And, um, and all the regular, you know, our podcast avenues. Yeah, you, it's like Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, um, all the things. Perfect. Was there anything in the past year since you had extra time that you learned about yourself that surprised you? My resilience it continues to surprise me. Um, I've been I've experienced more trauma and, and suffering and, and pain in my life than most people. I mean, I don't talk about it a lot. I do share a bit about it in the book, the mm. story that I uh, put together. And um, I think like my resilience in, in maintaining optimism <laughs> and knowing that, I, that this, I, this is gonna be so amazing, even though my day might not look like it or I get frustrated or whatever is showing up for me. Um, you know, just, and the, the fact that I can trust the universe to, to support me. Yeah. Always. Even though I can get in, in my own way, uh, bounce my head against the door before realizing there's a handle more times than I can count. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just about me being resilient, getting up and showing up. You know, you get up, just show up and just be there, be of service. And, you know, I, I still remind myself to ask, you know, how can I be of the greatest service to humanity? Um, God, in, in whatever way that I can be helpful today, allow me to be an instrument of your divine love. Like if I can do that, I'm good. And what is it that you think we've, what is it that you hope we've all learned over the past year that we would take with us and keep with us going forward that we don't kind of like leave it back there because it was important that we should bring that forward with us? Yeah. So like often with, with trauma, it's not like we can let go of something once and, and it goes away. Sometimes we can. And one of the things that is important for us to remember is to have compassion for ourselves. And, uh, you know, it takes a little while for the physical reality to change when the spiritual reality changes. 
So I think, you know, in the past year, a lot of people have become more introspective yeah. um, about who they love and, and how they want to experience the world. And I think that's going to continue to expand. You know, there's a lot of work in the, in the government and institutions to correct a lot of things that have gone awry. And so I think there's going to be some more residue around that through April, but you know, around May, we're going to, there's going to be so much more freedom and, and expansion. I'm just super excited to see what's to come. I look forward to that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is one thing that you absolutely cannot live without? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I would probably say, um, oh my God, there's so many little things that come, come up. I do enjoy uh, my, my um, desire to be of service. So, you know, I can't live without having, setting that intention. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, that's, that's just one thing. So uh, the other one would probably be coffee. I do still enjoy <laughs> one, one cup of coffee, knowing it, it, that, it, you know, it's acidic and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. I do really enjoy that. Well, we have to have our, our things, right? Everybody has to have a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. We deserve it. And what's one thing that you wish that we could all live without? Well, suffering on one. And, uh, you know, there are very, ways, very many ways in which uh, the suffering can show up. But what I would probably say, um, self-criticism and self-judgment. And since we're so social media driven these days if you had mm -hmm. to describe yourself in three hashtags what three hashtags would you use <laughs> to describe travis <laughs> uh, uh, compassionate um excited and um loving mm, that's a good one that's good and then if you were going to leave everybody with a thought or um even an action or something that you would want them to, to, to take from this, what would yeah. that be? Well, we are still on the residue of Valentine's Day, which is about <laughs> love. And so I would tell people to ask yourselves right now, how can I love myself a little more today and do it, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I would also, there's another thing you can do, which is, Go to a mirror right now, look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself, I love you. Notice what comes up, allow yourself to notice the thought, whatever thought that might come up. And it's often a judgment or criticism or some part of the body that we don't like, but recognize that that's just a thought and decide while you're looking at yourself in the mirror, I'm gonna love you in spite of this judgment. I'm gonna love you. and then. Place your hand on your heart and just breathe. So if you were able to do that, you know, 10 minutes a day for the next week, I guarantee you, you will feel better. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Well, I do want to thank you for coming here and then virtually, of course, until I can see you in person. <laughs> I know. We almost saw each other at Derek's um, performance. I think you were sitting uh, on yeah, the same I was, side. I was, of, that was, I was so like, great. I think I know who that, that is. Was, Really? I was like, wow. And I'm sure he's going to do, hopefully he'll do other things when things open yeah. up because that'll be fun and I'll be able to fly again. I really can't wait. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, meantime, thank you. I encourage people to follow you because it's always nice to see you pop up in my feed. And if you're on Clubhouse and you're speaking, I would say people should go into those rooms because you could always learn so much. And you seem to be in a really good group of people when you're on Clubhouse. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very important because Clubhouse is still on the growth stage. Mm -hmm. And I actually was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, on, uh, you know, is, Club, is Clubhouse a good thing? And I think it's really important to recognize it's another institution. It's growing right now. Uh, all of the influencers are on there right now. It's still growing really well. And I would tell people be very mindful of, of you know, the, the sort of industry in which that app was made. It's designed in a way that you could spend hours on there in a day and not actually do a day. Yeah. You're, not you're not living, you're just like nope. <laughs> focused on your phone for five or six hours. Um, but yeah, so I, but I do enjoy it. So I've, I've, I check out of there and I also don't post a lot <clears throat> on Facebook. I, you know, I need introspection time and growth and all of that. So um, I do try to, 
I maintain a presence and I do, I'm on there regularly, but um, I also am very mindful of that can be another form of addiction and taking me out of myself. Yeah. And, you know, I deserve to be here as do you. So yeah, I thought about that on my walk today. It came up in my head and I thought when things open up, are people going to use that as excuses why they can't do stuff? Like I can't get together with you for dinner today because I have to speak in this clubhouse room. I mean, that I think that would be so sad to start using well, yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, people with, you know, family, this, this guy was talking about, you know, he was asked to be a moderator to a very important conversation, but the, the room was so big with a thousand people that it was three and a half hours of his time he would rather spend with his kids yeah. uh, talking about how to write a book that he could have already halfway been done with a chapter while he was <laughs> on the phone uh, listening, waiting to talk. So um, I would just tell people, be mindful of who you follow and to not just jump on everybody just because that's the invitation by the moderators, because that's how Club, Clubhouse creates its, its uh, network and grows so, so quickly. Yeah, for sure. Well, until we can see each other, I hope to see you on there, but then we'll, we'll see each other. Hopefully we'll come off that more. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for being here because it was so, so important to, uh, it's been a long time too, that I wanted to talk to you yeah. and then oh, thank you. everything was happening. So yeah, I'm glad that we finally made it happen. <laughs> it's, it's, div it's divine timing. And so one of the other things I tell people is, you know, be patient about when you expect things to happen and how they are supposed to happen on divine timing and your yeah. divine plan and how you design it get out of the way, just focus on how you want to feel with that experience or that thing you think you want. And just say, help you do all the work. Let me just listen and do the action when you tell me it's time. So just, you know, just a tip. Cool. Thank you again. And everybody tune in to Travis online and see what he's up to and see about his courses because that might be interesting. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. And I appreciate everyone who's present right now. I can tell you it's no accident that you're here. So thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for hosting me, Tommy. It's been a pleasure. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Come back again, please. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs>